If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as K Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friend Zone. I'm Dustin Ross. This is the Friend Zone, and here's the news that you can use. First up, Actor Nicolas Cage has been tapped to play racist weirdo Joe Exotic in an upcoming scripted series. The Tiger will be played by Meghan McCain. (laughs) Oh, my God. Item two. What? Speaking of weirdos, Elon Musk named his newborn baby boy XAEA12 Musk, which is pronounced, hey, man. (laughs) No. What is going on today? Wait, hold on. Did he really name his child that? In real life. Y'all thought I was lying about Tamar's show? You <laughs> think I would lie hell? about this? I'm not. <laughs> Item three. What? Finally. Scott Disick reportedly left a Colorado rehab facility after his photo inside the treatment center was leaked, remarkably proving Amy Winehouse's lyrics held the key to an easy escape. They tried to make me go to rehab, but I said, leak the photo. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental wealth, mental illness, and mental wealth and hellness, I said. He said (laughs) mental (laughs) hellness. Mental wealth and hellness. Message. How poetic. Baby, well, you know what? That's what it's going to be this week. <laughs> to mental wealth and hellness. Because who in that hell wants a musty brag? I know I don't. <laughs> Fran, hey, how you doing? Hi, guys. How are you guys feeling today? Feeling good. Feeling real How good. many children does Elon Musk have? Nevada Alexander Musk, Damian Musk, Griffin Musk, Xavier Musk, Saxon. Serial number Musk. Did you say Sassy. Saxon. Oh, sassy. I was like, sassy must. <laughs> that one wrote itself. Wait, but I really want to know how that new baby's name is pronounced. Like it's not this. Roman numerals, is it? Like we messed up Mm-mm. that artist, J23. <laughs> no, shout out to her too, by the way. Shout out to you, J23. Shout but out no, to you. It's literal, regular letters, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Most times you see it, it'll be in Times New Roman. It is, uh, you know, it's just a regular letter. It's regular spelling, but I think you pronounce it like this. (laughs) (laughs) What? 
You just got to get that motherfucker. Not, I'm so sorry, God forgive me. I'm not calling the baby a motherfucker. Boy. <laughs> what I'm saying is you got to get the person with that name's attention just the best way you can. I mean, what else can you do? You know what I mean? But Man. friend, like the way it's spelled out, like, I'm, I'm even more frustrated now because it's like X space that A-E put together. I'm trying another... to picture X space A-E put together and then what? Space. Space again. A-12. <laughs> wow, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I'm like, how, how do, do you even bubble that in on the Scantron? I mean, I can't. <laughs> That's why you see his name is, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, you have the black business of the week this time. I sure do. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys. Um, A really good friend of mine named Candice, um, she's an IT professional that I actually worked with previously. So she's decided to spread her wings. She left a very lucrative position um, in corporate America to start her own company. Relatable. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And this is a black woman in tech, y'all. So I really want to support this. Um, She started Wired Foundations, LLC. Um, You can find their information on their Instagram account, which is simply Wired Foundations, just like it sounds. But it's an information technology company and their bio reads, the goal of our client relationships is to empower smart productivity, reduce frustrations with technology and encourage new ideas. So this is an overall comprehensive information technology company um, that I can vouch for their work personally. I'm so excited for my friend Candice. That's um, so and If tight. you want to learn more. Yeah, you know, and, and, and especially um, one of the reasons I wanted to highlight this right now is because of this boom um, of content that people are producing during quarantine. There's so many people who are going to have tech needs and who who Mm -hmm. may want to improve their current tech setups. And this is a perfect place for you to find that sort of help. So um, the website is simply wiredfoundations.com. You can again hit up their Instagram account at wiredfoundations and let them know that the friend zone sent you. Yes. Do you guys have any announcements before we jump into the recap segment? Not this week. I do not. Not this week. Nothing, Asante? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, I like that. I like when y'all do that little (laughs) smirky smirk. Um, What about you, friend? (laughs) No, but I want to shout out my good friend, my my Taurus brother, Joshua Kissy. It was his birthday. He's one half of the incredible brand street etiquette and also just his powerful brand he's been doing a lot of work with nike you've seen him having billboards he's out here but i really wanted to take the time to shout out his beautiful wife mectis who listens to the show every week you guys get out of here (laughs) she does you said mectis mectis I Not like a pretty that. name, M E K D E S, Mectis. Oh, you know it like it. Joshua's wifey. <laughs> Joshua's wifey. Hey, Mectis, baby. What's going on? So, we wanted to surprise her with a little shout out because she's the shit. And I lo- yes, I didn't is. know she listened. So, I was pleasantly surprised by that when they told me. So, shout out to you, beautiful. Thanks for listening every week and happy belated, Joshua Kissy. Are you guys ready to jump into the recap segment? Right before we do, yeah. this is Dustin's fault. Just Joshua's wife. Sorry, you know, <laughs> I, I see when a nigga be like, her chain so- came <laughs> down to her. <laughs> you got to sing, you got to sing Wifey Like Icy by Gucci Mane, okay? 
Look at my charm. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to Mekis with your cool ass name, girl. Yes. Thank you for that. Y'all are amazing. So our last week's episode titled Tussy Slide Out the UFO. <laughs> you can guess who came up with that one, I'm sure. You're welcome. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was no hot button, no segments. We freestyled and talked about whatever came up. That was aliens, robot pop stars, the Mars Project, and tons of funny randomness. And as always, those of you listening had a lot to say. So who stood out to you, Asante? Can we just say, can I just say how funny it is? <laughs> all this like alien shit, tech shit, and all this stuff is like so much more relevant now. And it becomes more and more each week we talk about it. <laughs> um, that Ahead aside. Of the curve. <laughs> that aside, I want to dial it back a little bit to something that Dustin brought up earlier in this episode, which is something he brought up uh, last week. Um, I don't want to give this person's name because I don't know if I should share it. They didn't specify whether I should or shouldn't. But the subject is the time I was asked to be on To Catch a Predator. <laughs> I mean, to catch a beautician. Whoa, excuse me. Whoa. Excuse oh, me. God. Excuse Asante, me. Those are two different shots. Chris Hansen, please exit the room. We did not actually need you here. I was requesting <laughs> not Tamar. To catch a predator. <laughs> but before you go, Chris Hansen, and not to knock you off your point, Asante, go ahead, yes. I would love to host to catch a predator. And I think I would be good at it. I think I would they be good at it. They need to bring it back. Chris Hansen, the You want to talk about nailing someone's ass to the wall? <laughs> but let's put and, and look and think about it, y'all. Me having a forum where I get to rightfully and justifiably go the fuck in on somebody that the world, everybody around the world collectively hates, a star is born! <laughs> so, <laughs> back Listen, to what you were saying. <laughs> this is not funny, but what was really funny about To Catch a Predator was the one episode where he saw the dude that he knew. Because it was like, you don't know who the fuck is out here doing what. A QTNA. But <laughs> yeah, that's a QTNA for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird but i'm gonna get back to my original point before i go off anyway uh again the subject is the time i was asked to be on to catch a beautician excuse me um i i never thought Sorry. i would have a reason to be to write into a podcast until i heard you guys talking about tamar's new show back in october i had a lady come into the shop i work in and she wanted a bob the shop was about to close so we we set her an appointment for the next morning I asked her to bring in a few pictures of the type of bob she wanted, and she shows up with one picture, and I explained to her that her face shape is com completely different from the lady in the picture, so that particular style won't be the best for her. <laughs> and Dustin. I would need to modify it. <laughs> Why you always did? And I would need to you modify it. You know you're ugly when they gotta modify the hair Stop for your face. It, no. <laughs> This is like a semi-colon. <laughs> talking about, so I want a Bob. Janet Jackson or Samuel Jackson? Okay. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. God. Okay. Erica Campbell or Luther Campbell? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Asante, please. Beyonce or Jay -Z? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> As <laughs> I would need to modify it to better frame her face, as well as advising her on the chemical damage she had from doing home relaxers. We proceed with the cut. I mold her hair and put her under the dryer. After I finish styling her hair, she keeps telling me how she wants it to look more like the picture. I again explain how I modified the cut to frame her face. 
after she continued to insist, <laughs> I cut more hair. I obliged, and of course, I, it looked dumb. She went from a cute bob to a bowl-esque cut. I could tell she was pissed, oh, no. but she... Paid, I could tell she was pissed, but she paid and left, and that was that. Till a month later, she shows back up at the shop saying she met some people who work for VH1, and they're working on a show about <laughs> hairstylists. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're what working a on a show. Yeah, I, I laughed just what? like this while reading this shit. <laughs> are you kidding you imagine she comes back with a fucking crew a camera crew cause it was that bad <laughs> she's like I'm gonna do something oh about God. this you mark my words this would only happen to us that one of our listeners got picked to be on that show but wait y'all wait wait <laughs> <laughs> because not only did they come back and not only did they come back with a camera you can't even get it out but they had motherfucking Tamar Brackett <laughs> <laughs> he can't even get it out y'all Dustin okay. literally just fell out of his chair oh, he is the oh definition of double over all, right now of all people showing up at your door Tamar motherfucking Okay, so so listen. Her exact words were this. Oh no. Her exact words were, "This will will be a way for you to rectify the situation, learn how to cut hair, and make a little money." Wow. I learn think you, how to cut hair. I think you get two hundred dollars. <laughs> Girl, I'm not going on national TV to say I fucked up your hair when I gave you exactly what you asked for. I just looked at her, looked at her and said, "No, thank you." Her face dropped and she said, I, well, well, I already gave them your information. and wanted to give you a chance to be involved before they just run up on you in here. Oh a week God. or two later, <laughs> I got a call from somebody at VH1. When they told me who they were, I just said, no, thank you. Now, every time my mama sees promos for the show, she called slash text me about missing my debut. <laughs> <laughs> she, sent, she sent a screenshot of her mama talking about you missed your debut. <laughs> 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 Not that picture, though. All I know is I'm not going to share your name. I don't know whether you actually gave her what she wanted or a variation of. I know. I was going to say, so, I don't know. We might have to hear both sides on this one. That's what I was actually waiting for you to send in, the before and after, so we could be the judge right. there. Because that <laughs> was too much for me. That's what I found. Thank y'all so much for submitting that. Friend, what did you find in those SoundCloud streets? So, uh, on SoundCloud, Brittany Wilson said, quick music suggestion, you all should check out a podcast called Dissect. They dissect Mm. full albums like Lemonade, Damn, and Channel Orange. Love y'all. That sounds amazing, actually. Yeah, it's one of the first things on Spotify every time I log on. That and um, the the one that they have, uh, was it Chad that worked there, I believe? He used to talk to people. Those two, because they like talk about like the like breathier parts of music, if you will, like the creative and then the business and all that. The way they break it down. Mm, I need I, to that's check it out. the only podcast I've like ran through a couple times because there was a Kanye West episode I listened to. Really cool. Thank you, Brittany. What about you, Dustin? What did you find in the Twitter streets? <clears throat> two tweets this week, and both of them actually come from the Love B Scott family. So shout out to B Scott. Um, and shout out to my homeboy Denver over there who is on B Scott's team. 
One tweet comes from B. Scott. One tweet comes from my homie Denver. So the first tweet from B. Scott says, highway police pull over five-year-old en route to L.A. to buy <laughs> Lamborghini. <laughs> right? So apparently um, a five-year-old boy was in Utah and the state troopers pulled him over because they thought he was an impaired driver. Turns out it was a goddamn five-year-old. So he stole his parents' car the, and said that he was going to L.A. to buy a Lamborghini. And he was upset. <laughs> this is what he said, y'all. And he said he was upset with his parents, because with his mother specifically, because she said that she was not going to buy him a Lamborghini. So wow. he only had and he had a wallet with three dollars in it, and he was on his way. And the police pulled him over. Five years old. But what low key, if you watch the video, he wasn't driving too wild. Like for five a five-year-old, years I was old. so confused. But I know some parents actually like low key let their kids drive too. So yeah, I could drive when I was twelve. I believe but, it. But, but five. The way right. these motherfucking kids can pick up an iPad and do this and do that right now, you know what I mean? And they just pick it's up true. these habits. It only makes sense if they watch you driving. They can, you know, put two and two together. You hand over hand, motherfucker. I don't give a damn how small the hands is. You grip them little five-year-old <laughs> fingers around that steering wheel and get to turning that wheel and get on down the street. So shout out to him for being ambitious. <laughs> the second tweet that I want to focus on comes from Denver. Like I said, his... Uh, Twitter handle is at underscore just Denver. And he responded to a tweet saying that former MTV VJ Kurt Loder turned 75 years old today. Oh my God. How do you feel? Mm. Denver said 70 wet W H E T. Okay. <laughs> and I don't blame him. When I saw that shit, it hit me in my chest, in my soul, in my sternum. Wow. I said, damn, Kurt Loder is 75. That's incredibly um, just, just. It just knocks my soul out of me. So happy birthday, I guess. If you even care, hell, you 75. You might not even give a fuck no more. So, right, but damn. happy birthday, Kurt Loader. Kurt you didn't Loder, give a lot man. to TV. Remember when he would pop up on the screen? That's when you knew shit got real. Yes, because mm -hmm. he was yeah. like the serious voice of him to be like, okay, you guys, I know, but check it out, seriously. <laughs> like that, that was Kurt Loader, you know? He was the original news you can use. The original mm -hmm. news the you can use. The original, okay. So it wouldn't make you snooze. <laughs> Are you guys ready to jump into this week's episode? Yes, I am. Oh, let's do it. So remember I had uh, mentioned that I wanted to circle back to this topic that I had had saved in my notepad on my phone for actually a couple years now, funny enough. And then the combination of Dustin's episode about the Clark Sisters movie and then that email you read, Asante, from one of our listeners just sharing uh, the challenges they face in their childhood, it triggered the memory of this topic. And I was like, this is something that clearly the timing is right for us to bring up because it just ties in so perfectly. So I did want to speak about the good child versus bad child syndrome that most of us know very well either by experience or you guys have siblings so i'm sure you guys have seen those dynamics play out in your households um, mm -hmm. but funny enough it never fails whenever i have a topic i want to discuss there's something that comes up in the collective that just affirms it or serves as evidence so on twitter today this video of this kid went viral that i just want to play really quickly i hope it sounds clear because you're always with me I'm always with you? What do you mean by that? I mean, wake up. 
Mommy. Dinner. Mommy. School. Mommy. Bath. Mommy. I don't break from you. What else? <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> what? <is that? laughs> so the kid. Let me tell you something. It says I need a break from you. <laughs> In mid mid bite. Mid I've been, pasta bite. You saw that. I love this video. I've been obsessed with it since I saw <laughs> it on Twitter because that baby was being a hundred percent honest. Clear. And listen. And I can understand it. I need a break. <laughs> but here's the thing that was most interesting. When I watched the video, I was like, that is so cool that this child, number one, has the emotional intelligence. Because they only look like they're like maybe six. Yes. At the yes. oldest, you know. At the max. Yeah. At the max. And so calmly, so clearly expressed how they were feeling. So in tune with their feelings, number one. And then also... Kudos to the mom, in my opinion, for providing a safe space to even speak to her like that. Mm -hmm. And you notice the mom didn't get defensive. She didn't get triggered. She actually was engaging and asking more questions to kind of let the baby know, like, well, tell me more about what you're feeling. And yes. like provided the space for the conversation to happen. And I was like, what? Wow. Like, the I Twilight thought it was Zone. great. The Twilight Zone. I thought it was great. But then, of course... The beauty of Twitter is that people can share in that discourse. And a lot of people were under there calling the baby all kinds of names. Ungrateful. <laughs> Badass kid. My kid could never. I would have told that kid to shut the fuck up. You know, See? what is it that people say to kids? Uh, you can't be seen but not heard. Yeah, kids children should be seen but not heard. Seen but not heard. All kinds of stuff kept coming up. And then it kind of turned into a debate because there were a few parents that were also like, no, this is awesome. Like, imagine how different all of our childhoods would be if we were that in tune with ourselves that young of an age and had parents who actually like appreciated and cultivated that. Right. And I, I totally sided with that. You know me. I'm, I don't have kids. So I already know that we're going to have some listeners that are going to be like, but y'all don't have kids. You you won't know till you have them. You're absolutely right. But one thing you can't take away from us is that we were all somebody's kid. Mm, right. <laughs> and we That's all had right. the experience of, of, you know, even if it wasn't a parent, whether it was a grandparent or whoever was supervising the, house, the household, we all had that experience of uh, spaces not being provided where we could express ourselves as honestly without being reprimanded. So that to me was just perfect for today's conversation because it just mm -hmm. set the scene so perfectly asante your face is cracking me up that was just for i'm just imagining like a room full of like moms <laughs> like and this being like an experiment where like there's yes. like a, you, like somebody being like you know you have to listen to your child today and then them being like oh hell no and then be like well yes you know you got to and then the child try. reacting like that but yes continue so before we continue the conversation i'm curious to hear how you guys perceive this child and this interaction with the parent. That's Ante. Honest. <laughs> uh, I feel like, oh, well, very eloquent, if you will. Really? Because <laughs> sometimes you, as, especially as a child, you ain't got enough words to even say you need this space. So it was kind of, 
I guess, refreshing to even like it's it's surprising and alarming sometimes when you hear stuff like that or see stuff like that. But then when you like get over that initial like jolt, like I think I was kind of like, damn, that was really like beneficial. Like it's it's actually better to hear you're annoying than just wham, 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 <laughs> scream and throw stuff. So I was kind of like, I guess I could take this. So then I could just be like, hmm, OK, like and keep it moving or like make it make new. But it like I'm not going to lie. Initially, I was like, this is like when kids be ordering in their damn restaurant, like too much power. But there's definitely I, I see how this could be beneficial in a good way. Ordering in the restaurant don't always necessarily need to let your kid do that to prove their independence. OK, but this right here, <laughs> I see a direction of how it could be helpful because I was one of those seen I heard kids when I was younger until I became an asshole. Cause it's gonna come out sometime, some <laughs> yeah. way. You know, some of them, them teens or something like somebody's the terrible twos, whatever it is for somebody. Y'all become a little evil for a period of time. Some people we live with it for the rest of our lives. Some people it you know blows over. For me, it's still there. Dustin, what'd you think? I love this child, and, <laughs> and I mean, we I feel like we could be great friends. Maybe have lunch, <laughs> um, our lunch of bulls, I should say. I just you know like to me. <laughs> Um, the goal, as like I said, I ain't got no motherfucking kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But to me, the goal as a parent would be to raise a child that would reason that way. A child that would have those feelings and then think to themselves, I need to express them to the person that's related to these feelings so that a change can be made and things can be okay. The goal would be to raise a child that can think and reason that way. So I would not have... Um, pushed back on that I would have encouraged that sort of dialogue the little girl was respectful and it was funny you know what I'm saying and I would want my baby to (laughs) To reason that way be funny and also not be afraid to voice their concerns because that was ultimately ultimately rather a concern Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying she had an issue that she wanted to address because she wanted to have you know a better experience and that's all you could ask for as a parent to me and the one thing I will say is that lessons and shit that, like, my parents taught me some of them. Some of this shit was I didn't need. But some of it, you know <laughs> what I mean? As I've gotten older, you cannot help but see those lessons manifest themselves through your experience. And you'd be like, damn, you know, now I get why it's important to take this seriously. Or now I get why it's important to, you know, uh, police my behavior in this way in this concern so that you know you just start to see things make sense and it isn't all just burdensome tiresome rhetoric that you get from your parents like it all starts making sense so one, once you have that experience and then become a parent to me the goal would be to fuse those two things like raise the child get the points across that will last with them through their lives into adulthood but also understand and respect their space and their experience and your experience as a child at one point, you know, and give them that room to kind of voice their opinion. So I'm totally here for it. I probably would have went and bought her. What are little girls like now? Whatever she wanted. maybe <laughs> Whatever she her, wanted. <laughs> her grown ass. Who knows what she want? I would get her whatever A MacBook iPad. Pro 13 yeah, inch. You know, she deserves it. She deserves it. Kudos to that baby. And I love the one thing that Asante said, how at first the video is kind of startling because... We were not raised that way at all. <laughs> so to, to hear not even kids, a little bit. Yeah, so it does kind of trigger your programming in the sense that you're like, whoa, this kid is back talking their parent really quickly, you know? But then you're like, wait a minute, no. That's not what's happening at all. This kid is expressing. It has the right to do so. Like Dustin said, 
the child was obviously uncomfortable with this quarantine dynamic at home, which I'm sure most children have been. I have been appreciating even seeing parents on Twitter sharing the uh, experiences their kids are having of like having full out meltdowns because they're not able to see their friends. You know, they're not able to hang and just sharing like how this shit sucks just straight up. And I, I'm like, I sometimes forget that kids are having an experience too, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not just us, but this is rearranging their everything, their school, their after school activities, you know, whether they go to dance, karate. So I love that parents are sharing. And even this video, I just really loved it. Especially, like I said, the debates that were taking place underneath, but I'm when that baby supposed to cuss, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) When is she supposed to cuss? If school is out, daycare gone, (laughs) When she's supposed to cuss, let her, mm. she has to have some sort of an outlet, you know? Right? Show a range of emotions. But I'm so curious, with us not having kids, so obviously we're going to only be able to speak about our experience as kids. Can we get a 7 o'clock p.m. round of applause for not having kids? Real quick? Oh, my Woo! God. Woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought you were going to say it's seven o'clock for the healthcare workers. (laughs) We need need some cowbell. That same spirit. Exactly, Fran. We need some more cowbell. Cowbells and air horns for for not having children. Shata Shabaya. So, okay, bringing it back. What What would you say your parents thought of you as a kid were you a good kid (laughs) (laughs) look Fran look (laughs) Lord we need a camera Lord we need a camera did they think you were a good kid (laughs) that G took me that G threw me for a loop did they think you were a good (laughs) kid Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Yo, I'm like oh, wheezing. Geez. I think you triggered asthma. Woo! Dustin, you kept first. up with that. You are really a fan of the friend zone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did your parents think of you as a kid? Looking back, did they think you were a good kid, a difficult kid? They thought that I was. They probably thought I was good and that I was sneaky because I had an affinity for mature things. Mm. So being the youngest of four and seeing my siblings do shit that I thought was cool, like go down to Freak Nick and be in college. And, Not Freak know, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like And party with their friends and shit. And like my brother and my cousins lived in like a bachelor pad together. Like they had a house where they would have parties and shit. Like I, I just... I wanted to be, they were older than me, you know what I mean? And I wanted to, I just liked mature things because I wanted to be so much like them. Mm -hmm. And I think that may have read or been interpreted as a bit sneaky to my parents when it really was, but it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I was only being sneaky about it because I had to. Shit, I wasn't supposed to be doing it. But other than that, you know, I feel like they had a great lens of me. I I do, I I really do. (laughs) Asante, what about you? (laughs) You know, I 
don't really know because <laughs> I feel like for the longest I thought I knew how my mama felt about me. But then, you know, when you hear like stories of when you were younger and the, the story that you didn't remember, you're like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. But like, I think when my mom like initially started telling me how when I used to run away when I was younger, I was like, I did that. I was like, I th- I'm up here thinking like you thought of me as like the golden child, even though I knew she didn't think of me as that because I remember when I was younger, like. Like, I've always been, like, kind of charmed in certain ways. So I used to get, like, something like free ice cream. But my mom used to think I was, like, lying. She was like, you being sneaky. Like, how'd you get the money <laughs> for that ice cream? She thought you stole it. <laughs> uh, she, she was like, I don't know if you stole it. I don't know if you was out there trying to make us look poor by asking somebody for some money for it. I don't know what you was oh, doing hell. out there, okay? You don't need to be spreading the business. You, don't, you know, it was just, like, so many things that made me feel like I thought that I was a, a manageable child. But I do know that there were times where I was definitely a pain in the ass. <laughs> like maybe it was not necessarily willingly so. Because I feel like there are kids that are like, not that they know, but they just assholes because they just trying to live their life. Whereas I was kind of like asshole by proxy. Because, you know, when you have like that black fear in you for certain things and you accidentally doing shit that you trying to not do with your parents. Like, I don't know. But I feel like my like be around them. Was... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I feel like I was, I feel like, I don't feel like I was good, but I feel like I was okay. <laughs> and I feel like it was okay by proxy because I feel like my older sister was a little bit better than me. So, yeah, I was definitely Ooh. more of the okay variety. You know we're going to come back to that because I want to know oh, about and we si- should, you know, sibling mother dynamics. Mother-daughter was very different <laughs> than uh, mother-son. Who are you telling? As far as I go, <laughs> mm-hmm. I... I was a quiet kid. Like, I kept to myself a lot. So, by proxy, (laughs) that's viewed as being a good kid. Um, This article, you know I pulled up psychology today, of course. And they were talking about, like, what what usually are the signifiers of a quote-unquote good kid for parents. And one of the most interesting things that I did see they were talking about is, like, you know, good kids are kids that are compliant and don't talk back and just do as they're told. But the problem, (laughs) but the problem with that, (laughs) but y'all know it's true. You know that's what made you a good kid if you just did what you were told. And remember, we was gonna say, "I'm sorry, go ahead." No, go ahead. No, no, because I'm gonna get mad. So what did we watch? Because I don't like the automatically they're trying to say you know you're only good if you don't say shit. To me, that just what is this slavery? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I don't even want to get mad. I'm thinking they're gonna say something like. You know, what makes good kids is, you know, saddle shoes or like, oh my uh, God, you know, <laughs> suspenders or like them glasses with the white tape. If these motherfuckers talking about you got to shut up. See, I'm going to get mad. So I'd rather you just go for it. But it's true, though. Think That's about, <laughs> your, yeah, think about when we're, when were your parents happiest with your behavior is usually when you just did what the fuck they asked you to do. Like that simple. I've seen parents. You know, even on the train or on the street, just yelling at kids that didn't want to do whatever they were being told to do. And I'm like, that sucks that the kid don't have the right to have a different opinion. I feel yeah. like I have heard be seen, not heard in like a million and one Our ways when I was younger. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you didn't hear it just that one way. Like it was always a different way of telling you to shut your ass up. And it was just kind of like, well, I'm just I'm, I said good morning. Like you told me I'm supposed to say good morning. Oh, now you talking back. And it's like, well, I. What? It's kind of like, (laughs) and it's and it's crazy too, because like when my mom, her approach was a little bit different. Where 
yeah, she, you know, it was the same thing of like, no talk back, you know, uh, what she says was law and there was like no no if ands buts about it do but as also, i say not as i do right but also one thing she used to do is and i don't know if you guys ever experienced this as a kid but in those moments that i would kind of like for whatever reason maybe it was just like i couldn't take it anymore i would say like this is wrong or like i disagree or just show a, a difference of opinion she would literally go to her room and slam the ever loving life of that door <laughs> i mean i'm talking about the apartment would rattle and it mm. was and so she would shut me down from even having the option of discussing a differing opinion so it might not have been you know that she would like smack me or pop me in the face but it just was letting me know the the, the lay of the land you know like yeah. You can talk to this door that I'm about to slam in your face because I don't yeah. even there's you know, you don't have the option. And what was sad when I was reading the Psychology Today article was that a lot of it stems from parents either being tired and super busy, which is what my mom was. She was uh, right. going to school during the day and then washing or not washing, um, cleaning radio stations and offices at night. So mm-hmm. we only spent a very small sliver of time. And so in that sliver of time, I had to be a good kid because it's like she didn't have room for conflict. She literally didn't have the mental bandwidth or capacity for me to be fucking around. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If your mom only has two, three hours as a kid, you realize, well, if I'm going to get good, quote unquote, attention, loving attention, then I better act right. And this kind of ties into an old episode we did called theater masks. Remember where mm-hmm. we talked about the masks that you had to put on as a kid, the performances you knew you had to portray to get the attention and the love from your parent and, and, and kind of studying the survival tactics of like, Oh, okay. If I do this, I get that. But when I do this, I don't get that, you know, and, and, <clears throat> and kind of having to study your parents to get what you want, which like I said, a survival tactic. And that was a very, Incredible episode, definitely. My that's top one of my. Five. I was about to say that's one of my top five episodes, and I definitely like. I'm still not even actively, but like there's still like a background program running of like that, like work needing to be done from like the stuff that we talked about in that episode. Because like thinking about all the stuff from childhood, like thinking about like how I went into customer service for work, like and how I used to be a people pleaser before that as a child, right. and like what all it took to like me internalizing all that as survival versus it being you know just like whatever the tempo was for the moment you know what i'm saying but uh love theater mass i'm right here with you friend yeah those of you who are newer to the show definitely go ahead and and take a listen to that because that's definitely one of our proud episodes where we dug in super deep but this ties into those same uh conversations of just like who do you have to be to be loved by your parents. And it's sad that, you know, a lot of us did fall into this good kid complex because it's the only way we got praised. It's the only way that mm. our parents showed any type of interest in our lives. And a lot of it has to do with them just needing to tell other people <laughs> that they have this good kid, that they did this good job because they are good parents. A lot of times it actually has nothing to do with us. Outside right. of the tired and busy, uh, Psychology Today also talked about parents who were suffering from 
depression and sadness, you know, from their own childhoods, things that they had not processed and worked through. So a lot of times the good kid narrative comes into play because you almost have to raise your parent. You have to like nurture them and and take care of them emotionally. You don't want to like do anything to pile on the depression. So there are a lot of kids that are dealing with that too, of having to like raise a parent that doesn't feel good. And that's, that's a, real. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> another one that I definitely <laughs> can understand because a lot of my mom's personal triggers, my mom is an orphan. So she's coming mm. from a background of like nobody cares about her. Like that's her wound. So when mm-hmm. I would talk back, that's what I would remind her of. It hit different. Mm. It hit different. And yep. that's the thing, too. You know, as we get older as children, and you start to humanize your parents and remember that these are little ass kids with their own set of problems <laughs> that are now trying to yep. raise your little ass. And you start to see that with a lot more clarity. But when you're little, you internalize that they're just like a minefield where you don't know when you're going to step wrong, you know, when yep. it's going to explode, what's going to happen. And it's such tricky territory because it's hard not to internalize it and think that mm-hmm. it's more of a conversation of like, how unlovable or difficult you are, you know, how hard you are to be around that your own parent is like screaming at you and and unhappy and it just makes you feel like shit, you know? So I love that these articles are available and even just these conversations and us having these platforms to talk about it. Um, The third one that the website did mention too was parents that are abusive, that they actually beat the good kid complex into you because they really refuse to allow you to navigate the world in any other way. So we ain't need are, to do that. We ain't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like. Those three, you know, are the main ones that the psychology today focused on. And of course I was just like, man, to think, you know, the different experiences that all of us have had. And the sad thing is that being a good kid affects you so much as an adult. Like, Speaking from experience and, you know, a lot of the other articles I was reading, which I also mentioned, um, it's just this idea that you don't have room to have a personality. You know, Mm. you don't have room to develop your thoughts, your relationship with your intuition. Like you don't even have room to discover what your likes are, what things are that you don't like. Why? You know, you don't have an idea of, even sometimes what career you want to choose because your parents in a lot of cases have an idea already of like what school you're supposed to go to, your trajectory, what career, you know? And and so you don't really have space to be this like exploratory being that gets to step into experiences. And you know what? And, and even like being bravely bad. <laughs> right, right. You're right. Oh, that's important too, you know? (laughs) Being good all the time is impossible. So like Dustin said, you have to be sneaky. You just have to. And the thing about it is, that's why we're walking around with a bunch of weird assholes because no one was allowed to really develop fully into their selves and be comfortable being themselves. Everything becomes an act of performance or posturing to fit a certain criteria or to please you know, whoever the fuck is running the show. 
And that's why we end up in this situation like COVID. I, well, I shouldn't say that. But that's why we end up in situations where people don't make the best decisions right. in certain circumstances because they have other motivations and other circumstances that have caused them to be rotten people. When if you would just try a little tenderness, like the song says, <laughs> and, then, and, you know, and have a little compassion for where people, especially your children, are coming from, then maybe you'll encourage them to have those same types of habits when they deal with other people. And we literally will have a better place to live in. You know what I'm saying? It's really that simple. It's but true. You just can't, 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 can't. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Some kids is bad. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some kids, they just, it's just in them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they need to be, you know... Uh, managed differently but right. you know kids like you friend and kids like you know you asante and kids like i appear to be you know <laughs> i think that they deserve the grace they deserve the grace you know no it's true and and the people pleasing complex it just affects all of your relationships because then you go to work you can't even speak up because you don't want to you know, you don't want your bosses disapproving of you or your yes, behavior. That's so real. Even in school as a kid, you know, that's where you're viewed as the brown noser or the the suck up or the kiss ass or whatever. Because yeah. anything the teacher needed, you're the first one to cater. So you kind of bring in those same dynamics, whether it's at work, at school, with your peers. Think of how many relationships you just like wanted to for things to appear perfect. So like you wouldn't say if you disapproved of certain behavior, you know, like it, it just, it just shows up in so many ways. And it's, it's really sad because parents, I think under this guise of like, I'm trying to make you be a good person by hand, like forcing it, <laughs> they're actually doing a lot more damage than I think they realize yes. a lot of the times, you know? Yes, they are. Especially in situations where they don't even realize that's what it is, though. Because when you said that, I was wondering to myself, like, was that one of the voices that I think my mom was hearing? Or was she thinking, um, because, you know, I think hers was, I'm doing the best that I can. And you need and you need to stick to the program and the program like not to say, well, just to put it harshly, I know she ain't never going to say it like this, but the program shut the fuck up. Like, you know, don't deviate from me being able to provide like just don't you know, do anything that's going to make you stand out and, you know, ruin shit. And I think that people pleasing, once I kind of got that program from her, 
like as a child being the youngest, like seeing my sister, like them having battles and stuff like that. I think I kind of started to translate that information differently. Like, okay, so if I don't do that, I'll, I can get whatever I want or like get here. You know what I'm saying? And so then when you move forward into like workplaces and then you're working with people that normally wouldn't do shit around you, I've already learned my little people pleaser complex. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I knew that if I didn't do this, my mom would react this way. So for my manager, if I don't do this, I could uh, get this out of them. Or if I do do this, I can get this. So it's like, it's really real. (laughs) It might be doo-doo. No, it's funny. (laughs) Um, so it's very real to like like look at like what those processes are because I'm still like thinking about those every day because I was just talking yesterday or the day before about how when I was younger I thought about teachers like you used to ar- I used to argue with teachers go in on them but then <laughs> like what was that point where I was like oh this is a human being like they have a life and their life is a mess like this teacher didn't even want to be a teacher they just trying to pay a fucking bill and that's why they so goddamn horrible like, not you calling your teacher a mess <laughs> what. <laughs> We used to have hungover (laughs) bitches. I was getting together. Like, I had to... Just people. I had to realize they were people. But I was a child, so I didn't take that... Like, I took that peopleness for granted. It was kind of like, well, I already have my little process of people-pleasing that gets me wherever I want. How come it's not working here? But that's because they was on their own program, just like my mother was, of... I have my plan of leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> so stick to that plan. And I was like, but no, we aren't in the household. So it's hard for me to le- like learn that lesson from strangers in certain ways. But that's a whole different thing. Go on, Dustin. I'm sorry. Well, fuck teachers <laughs> back then. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't get no compassion or love for teachers. Now I feel like teachers are literally angels on earth and they are single-handedly responsible for shaping and molding better people in the future and their value is is immeasurable, right? And mm-hmm. I, I have so much reverence and respect for teachers and what they do. I love teachers. But when I was a child, I didn't feel like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I was a child and was being taught in, in my days as a pupil, I didn't feel like that. They, the middle fingers were up. <laughs> so You know um, why? Yeah. I- you, I you ain't give a damn about calling my mom a bitch. So why should I care about you being underpaid? You ain't give a fuck about oh me being underbeaten, overbeaten. Why should I care about you being underpaid? You didn't call my mom and told her I was talking in class. Well, bitch, I had something to say. Shit. You know what's going on between me and, and Shaniqua? No, you don't because you ain't thinking about that. You just want me to shut the fuck up trying to browbeat it out of me. You see, friend, this is what we was talking about right here. Just shut up and be seen and not heard. I don't give a damn if class is in session. She needs to know what I need to tell her, and you need to respect it. And it feels so good to get that off my chest. That was to, uh, who couldn't I stand? <laughs> that was to you, Mr. Molina, with your old hate man, my uh, history teacher. Not back Mr. In the Molina. And Mr. David Egg with your blind, thick Coke bottle glasses wearing ass, you and your weird ass. Hard shoulder having ass wife. Uh, I would say her name, but I ain't gonna go that far. But y'all know who you are, you motherfuckers. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> so one of the challenges too when you grow up under this programming is that you have a hard time having empathy for other people's feelings. Mm. And that's something that I could understand because I have shared <laughs> numerous times <laughs> how through trying to process or rather a not the lack of processing my emotions because I didn't have the tools. I went through that phase where I really just didn't give a fuck what people were feeling because I didn't even know what I was feeling. And I think that's one of the hard parts of being under this people pleasing programming too, is because like that child in the video, 
the like, mom is is create is setting the tone early of you are uncomfortable speak up let's figure out how to make you feel comfortable how to create the environment that you would rather be in or at least reach some kind of compromise because it seems like they were having a discussion about it but when you're not allowed that room for exploration with your feelings as an adult when someone is sharing their feelings guess what happens you have no tools in your arsenal to even know how to <laughs> navigate that, navigate communication, navigate how to nurture people in a way in a way that's real. Because your experience has always been in a controlled environment where, like we were saying with the theater mask episode, it was performative. It was transactional. It was like, if I do this, I get that. As opposed to let me really feel into what's happening right now with this person and figure out how we can make this better. We literally don't have the fucking tools at all, friend. And you just really fucked me up because I thought about all those times you told to like, shut up Mm -hmm. and then you get in trouble. Right. And so then they say, speak up and then you speak up and then it's like, so well, shut up. Cause now you talking back. <laughs> so it's like, well, do what I shut do you up want or do I speak me? up? Like, yeah. So it's like trying to figure out how to please this person in a very like difficult, like fucked up. How like do I being even cornered? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do we do? That's how you end up with behead behavior as your motherfucking daughter. I mean, it is though. <laughs> yeah, For real. Like right there. <laughs> when she's yelling, cursing you out on Dr. Phil, you know what I mean? Behead but- took me out. But I, meanwhile, I think... <laughs> Sky Jackson mama letting her express herself. You see the difference? <laughs> there you go. Right there. But what I love, that's why like, I, I, I think it's important to explore all of your feelings, even when the ugly ones come up. Like there was a friend of mine the other day, uh, we were in like the group chat on our phone and she's going through a lot, you know, as are most of us right now. And she, there was a project that she had done that she tanked. She just buckled under the pressure did not uh you know did not come on how she thought she would come on and really kill it you know sometimes that's what you want to do but it just doesn't pan out that way Mm -hmm, she called herself a failure and everyone in the chat you know it's everyone's reflex to be like don't talk about yourself like that don't say that you're not a failure you're amazing and then i was like wait a minute but what's wrong with that (laughs) like it's it's why do we give so much power to failure? I think it's important to make room for failure, like and be comfortable with the fact that like, yeah, I fucked something up <laughs> and mm. and actually say it and not think that that means that you are a fuck up. It's just you had a fucked up experience with whatever this project was. And that doesn't speak to you as a person. And that comes back to us internalizing every motherfucking thing because our Mm. parents are always on our necks, you know? And then these are the ways that the subtle ways that it even shows up as an adult where my friend didn't have the space in her like emotional arsenal to be like, oh, I fucked something up. It doesn't mean I'm a fuck up Mm. because she just never had room to explore those feelings. Mm. And that's why I'm so thankful that I'm okay with being a fuck up. I actually appreciate when it happens i don't like it because i still have programming i'm working through so it makes me beat myself up a little bit but i find myself getting over it a lot faster these days where for example it's a very small example but the other day one of the insecurity episodes my zoom decided to not record (laughs) girl i've been there (laughs) 
and we did the whole episode i go to listen to the track and of course i feel terrible because we have a whole team of people that are waiting for this on a very Mm. very 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 hard schedule and so i'm like you know my blood left my body in that moment because i have such perfectionism issues and i never want anything to tank on account of me and i felt like the blood leave my body and then i was like shook and then i was like girl it's okay. And what I loved is because, you know, Crystal has been such a mental health advocate as well and is working with her therapist and has a lot of her tools working with emotions. She let me beat myself about like beat myself up. And then two minutes later, we were both like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm a yeah. human. It was a mistake. And then we moved on, re-recorded. And that was that. And that's that. And that was that. And it wasn't a thing of like, damn, you fuck shit up, you know, and I let it go. And that comes with time that comes with being comfortable with fucking shit up because <laughs> that's really the only way when people ask me like how are you so comfortable with your emotions it's like because i let them i hang out with them that's why the guest house poem by rumi if you've never read it before it's one of my favorite poems of all time it's so impactful where he literally says if there's anger if there's jealousy if there's sadness that knocks on your door invite them in for tea (laughs) like this is Mm. what wants to come through right now then let's hang maybe you have a code that i need to learn about myself and just allowing spaces for those emotions that's why i was so happy to see that little baby sharing that with her mom so (laughs) honestly and then of course it made me sad to see all the parents underneath that were calling her names right you know what i mean Meanwhile, that kid's pregnant And that's the other thing, too. How many of our peers or whether it happened to us pretended to be the good kid and then got to college where it was their first moment away from being under that lasso and went fucking crazy. Berserk. And dialing back to our previous conversation related to the Clark Sisters movie and the way that we were brought up, I can't tell you how many people... I experienced um, my childhood with and I have memories in a religious space with who went on to do extraordinarily um, just negative things in life. Mm. Things that were like, and not just like regular, you know, fuck ups in life or just general lack of ambition, which is, that's prevalent as well. Yes. But I mean, like committed real crimes, like, you know, like crazy shit. And these were the people who were, lauded as the exemplary young people to be like and be with and have this association with meanwhile but then like with me i just would never be fake so like when i didn't want to you know play along i just stopped playing i stopped going after i became a young adult you know what i'm saying right participating but other people continued um with the with the goal of not disappointing their parents or not being seen in their true selves but it all came out eventually anyway one way or the other and so i respect everybody's you know space and process you know what i'm saying to arrive at whatever level of transparency or enlightenment you know they choose to have but there were so many people who were the good kids quote unquote while i was quote unquote the bad kid or whatever right and now the you know what a day when the tables will turn. What a day when the tables will turn. Okay? <laughs> and even the resentment, too, that happens sometimes between the good kid and bad kid. Because the good kid yeah. almost resents the bad kid for getting to be a full person. <laughs> it's like, fuck mm-hmm. you on the lowest of keys. Fuck you for my parents still loving you unconditionally, spending a lot of time 
trying to change you, but also spending a lot of time on you, period. That's attention that you get more of. And you're a fuck up. But I have, you know, I'm over here stressed trying to be good. Right. <laughs> and the only time little I get fires love everywhere. is if I'm good. Little fires everywhere. The little girl. Uh, Izzy. Izzy. She it is Izzy. the perfect example. See, y'all if you have not seen the show. <laughs> I, <laughs> perfect example. I love Izzy. Love her. Her mom didn't want her. What happens? She becomes the black sheep, the rebellious one. But the beauty of it is she was so outspoken. You know, she, she was pregnant. like... <laughs> She's right. And then the quote unquote good kid was the one that couldn't even comfortably tell her mom that she had gotten pregnant because it wasn't it wild at the end, friend, when they when they when Izzy had her moment and the way they when the mother lashed out at Izzy so hatefully the way she did. Right. As hard as them siblings had fought the whole damn series in that moment. They had Izzy. They was like, Mom, I love that, too. I love that. You know, you know, so much that. Uh man, Izzy, you just couldn't. I guess my point in bringing that up is like you just couldn't help but feel for her because right. although everybody may not have understood her, they still understood that damn, like, like you're being unfair to her and her right to just kind of exist, which goes along with what we're talking about today. Like just fair treatment for people and allowing children and young adults, adolescents to have control over their autonomy within reason. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, like, you know. Um, allow them to have room, literally all we're asking for. Well, I guess we're not asking because we ain't got no damn kids. For the parents yeah. that are listening, it's something for them to consider, especially because another thing that psychology today was uh, bringing up was that sometimes most parents will consider you a good kid just because your personality is similar to theirs. <laughs> yes, yeah. Or your values align. Or even subjective and arbitrary things like, you know, this is a sad part. Different cultures also praise different behaviors. You might have a hippie family that being nude and walking around is fine. And then you have another religious family that we weren't even allowed to wear pants. <laughs> like, you know, and, or a, a family that's being loud is like part of the culture in the house and then you have another family where we weren't even allowed to whistle mm -hmm. or sing you know so it's like these things are so arbitrary too and they affect people what i loved about little fires everywhere is that reese witherspoon's character is because she had to be the good kid that she went and and continued that cycle and recreated the dynamic she had with her mom recreated it with her kids and it's like that's why these conversations have to be put into people's awareness so that we can stop the bullshit and let kids stop just, the bullshit if they grow up and they're like mom i'm a musician i don't want to fucking go to college <laughs> i know that's difficult because every mom wants their kid to have a plan b or whatever to fall back on but sometimes you also getting in the way from them like exploring their calling you know that's like so frustrating What's frustrating to me, what's most frustrating, and I'm going to let this shit go, because again, y'all, 
we ain't got no damn kids, okay? <laughs> but what's frustrating <laughs> to me is if you've done your job as a parent in fortifying your child to have follow through and to have some sort of focus, there's nothing wrong with them having a different or or more or uncommon ambition. You know what I'm saying? As long as they're putting the effort behind it right. and following through with what they say. And if you have done your job edifying and 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 laying the foundation for your child to have you know, some drive and some get up and go about themselves and they can do shit like pursue a career in music because they're going to go, they're going to be just as pursuant of it and use just as much focus and dedication as they would if they wanted to be, you know, a physician, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like because it's, it's a, what they want to the do. Thing. And imagine right. your parents supporting you in what you want to do. Like that, I can't even imagine your parent just being like, listen, I don't know this music shit. That's not my world. But if that's your thing, then I got your back, you know, and yeah. and and go ahead and do that. Whatever I can do to make that like an easeful discovery process, then I got you. Imagine. Yeah. And see, I'm Matthew Knowles, so I would have been like, and since that's what you want to do, here's your new <laughs> weekly schedule. You're gonna be uh, uh, lifting weights in stilettos from 6 a.m. to 9:30. I, I would just lay the whole damn thing out because, like, if you want to do this, we're gonna apply then we the gonna same do amount. That's what I'm saying because it ain't nothing wrong with it. You're just gonna take it seriously. This is not right. gonna be time wasted for you. Right. You know what I mean? And that's where my wisdom as your parent would, would enter the group chat. You know right. what I mean? No, it's let's true. Let's do it, but let's do it efficiently. You know what I mean? Respecting yeah, that kids come down here with their own souls, their own assignments, their own interests. Your only job is to provide a space where they can be safe, taken care of, and then a good physical, mental, emotional, emotional capacity to pursue their interests, even when it doesn't align with yours, even when it Thank doesn't you. align with your image of them, what you wanted your kids to be. Cause I'm, we're human. I'm sure you want your kids to be something specific, Yeah. but you know what they say, you're the vessel. You are not the kid's owner. They're not your property. You just provided you just the vessel for them to come through and then come for whatever their assignment is. I wish parents understood that. Asante, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say, I always think back to like when I was younger and when I left um, Atlanta, like when I was younger, I was like, um, cause my dad wasn't around then, but he came back later. Thank the Lord Jesus. But when I was younger, it was like, I knew <laughs> I love you, early dad. I was going <laughs> yeah, to, I love him too. Shout out to your family, Asante. Right? Shout out to Shout out to both my sisters. Y'all didn't get to meet my sister uh, on the West Coast, but every time we FaceTime, it's a party. But both my sisters, my whole family is the shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> back when it was really just mainly my mom and one of my sisters and just like us as the unit, I remember always thinking to myself like, oh, it's just us. Like even outside of the times where I was like reprimanded for being bad or whatever, like I always had that mindset of like, you know, it's just us. Like we only have each other. We got to respect each other, X, Y, Z. But one thing that like really stuck out to me is when I was leaving uh, for New York, like I had already graduated high school, did a little bit of college, did a college stint, if you will, didn't finish. But um, I remember leaving and thinking that my mom, not that I didn't, th didn't think she would care, but I thought that she was just kind of indifferent. Like, you know, your child gets older and they, you know, eventually uh, like leave the house and then, you know, leave on to wherever they want to make some ha to make them happy. So I had already left the house by then. But this time I was leaving the, the state. So I was thinking to myself, like, am I like 
dis not disappointing my mom. I knew I was making her happy in the fact that I was able to like go out on my own, but I knew that I was kind of leaving my main family unit. So I felt some guilt from that, like being like the man of the house mm. and then leaving her alone. So then that's why I said, thank, right. thank God my dad came back. Cause you know, him being there means more to me. Uh, even though he's like back in our lives, I, I'm just glad he's really back in her life because like you said, like the parents job, it was really just to bring us here. Like I genuinely love my, I, I genuinely love my mom as like a person. Like I think because uh, she gave me room to kind of be grown in certain ways. Cause I think she needed to, you know, rely on like her kids as kind of, you know, social figures at certain times. I think because I saw her as a person so young, I think her happiness meant a, a lot to me. And it kind of held me back in certain ways. Cause New York was like the first big move I remember making because I got to like go away. Like I remember not wanting to be away from my mom because, you know, she was kind of grooming me to take care of her when she got old. And I was right. I was down for the party, you know. But um, I always think about all of these dynamics and like kind of unlearning these things. And, you know, leaving doesn't mean you don't love them. And like all these like little nuances that one. came through. It's a big one. <sighs> Girl. <laughs> it's true because I went through the same thing when I when it was time to pick a college. Of course, my mm -hmm. mom wanted me to stay the fuck home. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, we have to remember our parents have their own triggers, like we just mentioned with Reese Witherspoon's character and Little Fires Everywhere. So they're coming through the lens of their childhood experience. So my mom being an orphan, imagine me telling her I'm leaving. <laughs> right. Mm. I'm about to go study abroad. <laughs> I'm about to go. And I moved to Brazil for a year. <laughs> Yep. I didn't see my mom for a year and it was so I literally felt like my my body was like going through a withdrawal. I remember mm -hmm. feeling that like it was this this like really hard experience. I was like, do I do what I want? Because this is going to be like a once in a lifetime experience. Like when else do I will I get to live in Brazil for a year? You know, where it's all paid for like it's once in a lifetime. And I was how old was I? 20? Like, come on. And I went for it. And my mom was mortified. You know how parents are? She started pulling up statistics of how many people die every day in Brazil and who mm -hmm. gets killed. And, you know, and she everything she could in her power. But at least I'll give it to her. At the end of the day, she backed off and was like, if this is what you want, you know. And then even the school I chose to go to that wasn't in New York City. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that I found the power somehow even as hard as it was to break like asante was saying that fear of like i don't want my mom to think i don't love her i'm trying to get away from her mm -hmm. but i just really want a life of my own like i want experiences of my own i want i have interests that aren't yours and like we said that don't align with the interests that you have for me and I'm just, I wish I had started that a little younger, but I'm glad that I mm -hmm. did at all because it set the tone for my experiences later in my 20s, my 30s. You know, now I'm going to be entering my 40s in a couple of years. So all that plays into even choosing to be this entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, even us having the bravery to be entrepreneurs and the failures we've had, like, I'm just I'm thankful that like I have stepped into myself and it's going to take us it's going to uh, be different for everybody. Some people never step out of the programming, unfortunately. Some people step out of it like Dustin said, you snapped out of it when they like I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing this. I feel like I've been working through that for a long time. But one thing I wanted to say cuz Dustin was talking about how he has seen peers that 
especially from the church, ended up with very negative experiences in their life as adults because of it. There's also the adults that have, quote unquote, good experiences or performatively Mm -hmm. good. And I was on this website called Good Therapy, which is actually an incredible website. I suggest everyone check it out. A lot of therapists share. Um, Obviously, they got permission, so they're not like (laughs) sharing people's personal stories, but they share different dynamics that they know those of us reading could find useful, maybe see ourselves in these stories. But I wanted to read really quickly one of the stories that a therapist shared that I just thought was really powerful. Mm -hmm. So it says, Grace came to see me for therapy when she was 28 years old. She was a pretty young woman who described herself as feeling depressed and confused. She told me she was unhappy with herself and her life. She expressed puzzlement about her feelings, and she described herself as having a successful job, really good friends, a wonderful family. She wished she had a steady boyfriend, but she dated and had been in two almost year-long relationships. Those relationships just sort of petered out, and she wasn't sure why. She shrugged and said, something seems off about my life. It's like nothing is ever satisfying. I don't know what I want, but I also don't know what's wrong. As Grace and I worked together in therapy, Grace began to describe how she always felt her life was wonderful. She was an only child and was especially close with her mother, who always referred to her as the perfect child. She told Mm. me that she felt special to both her mother and father. They idolized her. And, be- and believed that she could do no wrong. In fact, she told me she did no wrong. She was happy to do whatever they asked, set the table, be home on time, practice piano, not hang out with friends they felt were not a good influence. Grace felt her parents knew it was best for her, and she simply complied. In therapy, Grace began to talk about how it felt to be seen as so perfect by her parents. She told me she really liked it. She felt safe and loved when they would tell their friends what a good daughter she was. They were so proud of her good grades and outstanding abilities on the piano and flute. When I asked Grace if she had ever felt like, you know, maybe skipping piano practice or coming home a little later than expected, she looked surprised that I would even ask that. Such unimaginable behavior. But then she responded that she never behaved that way. One day, Grace came to our session wondering about why she didn't have any differences with her parents. She noted, for example, that most of her friends went away to college. She went to a local school and chose to live at home. She had no memory of wanting to go away to school, but realized that she now regretted staying home for college. Grace's sense of regret about her life began to pervade our work, and over time, Grace posed a number of questions to herself and to me. She wondered if she didn't consider the possibility of going away to school because she knew her parents wanted her to stay home. She wondered if she majored in music because her parents were so thrilled with her music making. She wondered why she went with her parents on vacations rather than taking vacations with her friends in college. One day, Grace began to cry in our session. She was remembering her middle school friend, Fran, hilarious, (laughs) hey girl, who her parents didn't like. (laughs) Damn, Fran, what you did? (laughs) We know it ain't you. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) They told her she should stop seeing Fran when they overheard her use a curse word. 
In our session, Grace became angry at herself and her parents. How could I have agreed to such a thing? Fran was my best friend. I asked Grace why she thought she should go along with her parents. What did she think would happen if she asserted what she wanted? Sobbing, Grace said she didn't know. Her parents were good people. They loved her. Why couldn't she say what she wanted to them? Then Grace stopped crying and gasped. It's because I would disappoint them. I asked, and what would be so terrible about disappointing your parents? Grace looked very sad and silent for a long time. Then she looked at me, tears returning to her eyes. I wouldn't be the perfect child. As Grace and I explored what it would mean to give up being the perfect child, it became clear that such an idea was frightening to her. She loved the feeling of making her parents glow when they saw her. She believed she kept them happy as long as she continued to be their good little perfect child. <laughs> if she stopped being compliant and who they needed her to be, she worried they would become sad and hurt. And she actually believed that this would harm them. She would also feel guilty. Talking about Grace's concern and need to keep her parents happy led Grace to the realization that she not only wanted to make them happy, but she was worried that if she didn't keep them happy, they wouldn't continue to think of her so amazingly special. Grace ain't green leaf. <laughs> doesn't it though? Grace began to understand that to give this up felt like she would be losing their love. She was willing to consider, however, that in fact, she probably wouldn't lose their love, but that maybe it wouldn't continue to feel as though she was quite so amazing. Feeling less anxious about the idea that her parents would be hurt and that she would not be loved, Grace began to notice that the way she related to the people in her life was similar to the way she related to her parents. She didn't like to disappoint or make anyone in her life unhappy. She considered whether the people in her life seemed to like her so much because she just always went along with whatever they wanted. She realized that she never expressed what she wanted if she knew it would be in conflict with others. One day, she excitedly came into our session and said, I think the reason my relationships with men don't work out for me is that they never really get to know who I actually am because I don't even know who I am. So I, she was a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what I want, and I'm always avoiding conflict, she said with a smile. I'm never <laughs> satisfied because nothing that happens in the relationship is ever about me. Grace's smile <laughs> told me a lot. <laughs> Grace's smile told me a lot so she is a lesbian I told oh my you. <laughs> I congratulated her on the discovery she made and our work turned to focus <laughs> on Grace's wishes her desires her needs for herself in the world Grace was eager to embark on a journey of discovery to learn more about herself she was understandably anxious about how this would affect the relationships <laughs> she was in would the people she was close to, her parents, friends, and new boyfriends still want her in their lives? Would they love her? Would right. she hurt and disappoint them? Would it feel like love to her if she didn't feel she was the most special person in the relationship? These were all important <laughs> real issues that Grace would have to contend with. And I just, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> He's been going off here. He is cracking me up. So over the next two years, Grace gradually began to learn what she wanted and liked, what she hated, what thrilled her. She actually discovered a passion for cooking, 
and decided to go to school to train as a chef. She weathered her parents' disappointment Mm -hmm. that she gave up her career as a musician, and she came to believe she had the right to recognize and follow her own dreams. So her parents... This is the part that had me dead. It said, so her parents didn't glow as much when they saw her. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking crazy. (laughs) But... They didn't stop loving her. Grace's friendships changed over time. And in spite of her anxiety, she pushed herself to to reveal more of her wants and feelings as she tested the waters and developed more of a voice. Some tested the waters. (laughs) Some welcomed (laughs) this new Grace and were excited to learn more about her and make room for her other voice. Others were not so welcoming to this new assertive Grace and some friendships didn't last. (laughs) Grace's dated life changed too. (laughs) She felt more engaged with her boyfriend. She said, now the relationship is about us because I am more of a whole person. When Grace described her new feelings and new ways of relating, she realized that she's a much less compliant person as a way of being in the world. She actually no longer felt perfect in any of her relationships and she knew she had to continue fighting her resistance to keep her needs quiet. Now Grace feels much more authentic with her family and friends. She says, I do sometimes miss the feeling of being so special. <laughs> now I struggle to express what I want. And it's hard to accept that sometimes my needs aren't met. But it is worth it. <laughs> what I didn't have that I do have now is that I feel like a person. Oh I usually God. know what I want and how to get it. I'm not so scared that people won't like me and that I will disappoint someone. In my relationships, I try to talk about what I want and feel. Sometimes it's hard, like when I have a fight with my boyfriend or when I feel my parents disapprove of my decisions. But now I make my decisions. I don't go along automatically. I really like me and how wonderful is that. Isn't that great? That was so... (laughs) Wasn't that just... Because... It's just so great because, first of all, I like that we have access to someone's process, you know, with the therapist Mm -hmm. of how they kind of slowly began to unravel this programming that we've been discussing on this episode. But like Dustin was sharing some peers he's witnessed that went a different route. But this is what happens when you follow through with your parents' vision. You end up being that adult that has no idea who you are. And even though you are on paper might be everything that your parents desired, how does that compare to you not being what you desired? Like, you know what I mean? Well, good for Grace. And I'm glad that she was able to take the reins, you know what I'm saying, and get control of her desires. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I just think that was great. For real, for real. Great Grace. I think that's a good job, Grace girl. And I see you. I see you, Grace. I see I'm sorry, and the friend. beauty the beauty of, of her starting to explore her desires, her likes and Figured dislikes. Figure it out, lickety split. Is that you don't have to be this sneaky, fragmented person that can only perform the good in front of your parents and then you have this like nightlife that's a completely different experience you can actually call all those pieces of you (laughs) call all those pieces of you back (laughs) (laughs) 
call all those pieces of you back the parts of you that people didn't like that didn't make her parents glow which is so crazy to me that she was even experiencing that um and then say like these are all me this is all me like whether it makes my parents disappointed you can be bravely bad i love that that term i'm gonna be bravely bad as long as it's authentically who i am because that is a way better feeling and i want to close the segment with a quote from the article on psychology today also by the way it's called adolescence when there's a good child and a bad child and it's written by carl picard phd and the quote says to grow into the fullness of how one truly is each child needs room to act both easy and difficult similar and different and sometimes good and sometimes bad i love Mm -hmm. that I think that sums up (laughs) the experience of being a child navigating this world. Parents, we know it's already a hard job as it is, so we don't want to pile on or make you feel bad because, like we said, you're seeing it through the lens of your childhood experience. But awareness and having these conversations is how we can stop these cycles of people not getting to be who they feel they really are because that's how we end up with shitty bosses, shitty (laughs) relationships shitty friends and shitty lays (laughs) (laughs) and it's all highly unnecessary if people just Mm -hmm. let people be so that's it for this week's hot button let it be thank you (laughs) thank you I, i just had that on my chest and that video with the little girl, I just, when I saw it, I was like, the timing could not have been better because she is literally the model dynamic for this whole episode of, imagine what she's going to be like as a grown up. <laughs> Dustin yeah, is like... so silly. But imagine what she's going to be as a grown up. She's not going to be afraid to tell her boss when she ain't fucking with something. Thank God. <laughs> or her boyfriend or her girlfriend or whoever her partner is, she's going to have that comfort from young, from early to say, this doesn't work for me. Now to what? To be solution based. Yes. Now what are we going to do? Imagine that. Imagine that. I, mean, I love that little girl style. You know, she's very much, you know, why don't we just, you know, have a Capri Sun and talk it over? You know what I'm <laughs> like, I, I love that. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. And now let's bring in the wind chimes. So this week, the guys are over here dancing. So this week's wellness segment is going to be very short. I All literally right. just want to shout out Napalm from Hiatus Coyote. <laughs> Gotta clap anytime someone hey, says her name. So she had been working on a playlist that she'd been curating for years. It has over 150 something songs i mean you can listen to this for a week it is incredible and honestly so it's a playlist that she curated of all of her favorite songs all the songs that have inspired her journey as an artist which i love seeing because i love when i love an artist it's cool to see 
who their inspirations are. Is she got Kesha on there? <laughs> Imagine. That's the hiatus part. Go ahead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I love seeing who inspired my favorites because then you can kind of see pieces of them in the mm-hmm, artists and mm-hmm, be like, oh, mm-hmm. so you're like a culmination of this person and that person. And then you kind of see their whole career. And I just think that that's really cool. Um, I was also so surprised at the songs that she had. It's just songs from all over the world, even songs that I grew up listening to in my house when I was little that my mom would play. I was like, what would she know about this? Like, how does bitch know about, uh, <laughs> but, you know, 504 boys? But <laughs> it's, a, it's a playlist called Baby Love. Um, I'm going to link it down below in the information box, the description box, wherever you get your podcast. Usually those links are clickable, but if not, it will be there. But if not, I will make sure to tweet it, uh, post it on the Facebook everywhere that we post our information so you have access to it. I think it's genuinely one of the best playlists I have ever come across. I've been listening to it all week. And it is transcendental. Like, you want That's huge t- coming from you, friend. Dog, you want to talk about feel good music and like mm-hmm. harmonizing with a frequency that just makes you feel relaxed and peaceful and healing? This is that kind of playlist. So, if you want to, maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed and you need something to kind of help you ground or kind of, you know, help you reel back in whatever emotions you might be feeling definitely check this out it is going to take you places like i said i will link it so you guys have easy access to it and shout out to napalm for blessing us with that during this quarantine i have i would like want to message her and be like girl that was (laughs) a blessing napalm so that's it for this week's wellness segment i will drop that for you guys and now let's move on to mr music man what you got for us this week asante Hey, a lot's been happening in music this week. Well, these past couple weeks, actually, but definitely this week, a lot of like hot shit, cool shit, crazy shit has been happening. But before I get into that, I kind of want to um, do something I haven't been doing. Like for a music segment, I want to like do some sort of like music topics, if you will, and just kind of like get into some things. But for this first one, it's kind of going to be a little bit of an add on to your wellness segment Ooh. for all of you out there that have your favorite artists. Now, <clears throat> because of COVID, you know, artists out there have been having to like cancel appearances, tours, drop, studio time, the whole nine. Yeah. So, and I know this is affecting everybody. So for those of you out there listening, some of y'all, I know y'all can't even go to work. So all I'm asking for you to do, if you are a fan of music, go to whoever your favorite artist Instagram is and just check on your artists. Aww. I'm not telling you, just you can like, you can comment, you, you ain't got to say a whole lot. I'm not telling you to go through and write an essay or anything. Just check on your favorite artists. Make sure they're doing good. And if you got a little something, buy some merch or a song off iTunes. That's only a dollar twenty nine at most. I mean, just a little something. Uh, the reason that I'm saying this, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ray Louise. I <laughs> love hey, her. Love her. Shout out to Ray Louise. We've talked about her on the show so many times. We love her. She's the shit. Um, she posted on Instagram. And she says she's been trying to get her head together so she can actually be present on here. Um, Social media is a trigger, so I had to dip. This whole COVID-19 situation threw me into depression. I lost a lot with the tour being canceled. I was in panic because I've been a full-time creative for about two years. Just when it was starting to seem like everything was progressing, niggas got to (laughs) regroup. So I took some time off to get my head and heart back in the right place. 
I'm just learning to trust God and keep it moving. Been praying, meditating, and trying to block the darkness out with the light. So keep me lifted, folks. So Ray Louise, I have checked on you. I purchased a T-shirt from you. She put it in the mail to, uh, yesterday. Oh, she dropped I love me the, the this. shipping. But Ray Louise is such a dope fucking vocalist, like singer, songwriter, like just all around badass. And she hasn't, we haven't, we as fans have not had the opportunity to truly be blessed with the project that she really wants to give us. She's given us great music so far. She has just great, beautiful, wonderful voice, wonderful sound, wonderful perspective. So I just want to keep her lifted throughout her depression. You know, COVID fucked up a lot of shit for a lot of people. But, girl, just as much as you want to be on that stage, a lot of us want to see you on that stage. So just know that we're rooting for you. We hope we can, you, we want you to, and we know you're going to be there on the other side of it. Because I was watching her on Instagram live, and she was singing some of her songs. And I was like, oh, I got to go back and listen to that shit. Like, and she was featured on some songs. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go back and hit that pocket again. But Ray Louise, you're the shit. So all you out there listening, go tell your favorite artists that they're the shit. If you see them struggling, even if you don't see them struggling, just to know that they're okay. Just to know that my favorite artists are doing better than what I'm doing in certain areas makes me feel better. So I just want to share that, spread a little positivity. I love that a lot. Me That's too. so cool, Asante. Yes. My, so in Ridiculous World, where I got that idea from, um, I know they're saying TV Land, but Parks and Recreation, which is one of my favorite random ass like comedy shows, um, they had a special episode because the show's been over for a minute, but they did a, an episode special for COVID and basically they're doing this phone banking system. So you check, it's a way to keep checking on your friends. So for all of you out there listening, um, I'd say make a list of your friends and once a day, call whoever you feel like you need to call just to check on somebody. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be everybody at once. You could just throw a bunch of names. Like they were doing a lot of like really cute quarantine shit in the episode. So like uh, Leslie Nope, who's played by Amy Poehler, um, it was her idea to make sure that everybody Polar. was always checked on. <laughs> Polar. <laughs> Amy Polar. Sorry. <laughs> you got me. You got me. I can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so on the episode, they were making sure that they were checking on everybody in the office. <laughs> and then um, one of the girls, April, she had on a bunch of random ass clothes at one point and to make shit fun she was like we put all of our clothes in trash bags so every day i just put i pick out the first five things i want to wear and i was like what that actually might be kind of fun like you know because it's like you know you really ain't got to dress up to go out so she was just make, keeping it random variety is the spice of life it was so random but so funny to me but um <laughs> i just thought that that was a cute way for them to be checking on their friends and people close to them but i know a lot of us you know sometimes we feel like artists might be closer to us than friends because of a song or whatever. So I just want yeah. to put that out there, you know, help how you can, if you can. And with that said, Oh, go ahead, friend. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I feel very aligned with that because I recently, I, I too purchased mm -hmm. some merch. Cleo soul, whose Ooh. rose in the dark album has been holding me down something serious. And like Tears. Asante said, <laughs> it is very important to, Pay respects and honor those who are blessing you with their talents and and really gifting us with their talents. And so I had I wanted to do my own offering for her blessing us with that body of work that is I mean, can we like do you even have the words for that project? Like Can I be a loser right quick? <laughs> First of all, I mean, this should really have been first of all before even this moment. Fran, thank you. <laughs> thank both of y'all. But in this moment right now, thank you both for like your, like your contributions to the Music Man segment. The whole oh, point man. of this segment is everybody's so different. We all have different musical tastes, but like right. we all 
like know what the fuck is it you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so like with that said <laughs> thank you <laughs> for cleo soul because when you said like it brought you to tears there was one day i was just like really sitting there vibing like leaning my head against the goddamn windowsill <laughs> and that one little indian tear came down my cheek and i was like cleo soul is doing this shit that's exactly how i feel about ray louise but that project cleo soul put out like yes i mean oh my energy God. work it's energy work i felt shit moving in my body i was like oh this is energy work and so that's why i had to do my offering and my offering was in the form of buying her merch she has really cute t-shirts with her logo and and totes and just a ton of cute stuff that I definitely think you should check out and support if you can. I understand that we're all going through it. So if you don't have it, don't feel bad. Just listen to the music and I'm sure she'll be more than happy with that alone. You just knowing her name and taking time out to listen to her work. But I just had to throw that out there because I'm in alignment with the check on your favorite creatives and see how you can have some offerings for them. I'm totally with that. I love that. You know, ecosystem, my favorite. Right? <laughs> uh, listen, friend, I had to grow the rose in the dark. <laughs> listen. Oh, God. This we, girl. <laughs> you, you, when I tell you, like, both of y'all, like, I mean, really, all of us, but I don't want to be praising myself like that, but both of y'all, when I tell you, y'all be hitting some shit because, <laughs> like, that shit, like, I don't know what it was. It just got me right in that moment. And then, like, like to throw it back, to throw it back, like for like a, a hot, hot second. Dustin is the reason that anybody, well, not anybody, anybody, but like everybody, <laughs> really goes up for Cash Doll because every time I hear Cash Doll, let's and, talk I'm, about it. When I heard Cash Doll on Insecure, well, it was really they played Were Big Sean. They, they and who's the first Sean? one you think of, Dustin Ross? They, they that's played, a Cash Doll song. It, look, look, okay. they played Big Sean's part, and and no shade to Issa, but they really missed the mark when they didn't play that <laughs> Dominic you could spot in my ear. Just that in one little ear. part would have like set the whole thing off. But like Cash Doll is like we talking about roses in the darks. Like Cash Doll is like the the sword and the stone, not sword in the stone. She's the sword and the stone. like she's just too like heavy hitting like. I just I'm thankful for this segment. I'm thankful for both of y'all, and I just want to give favorite. thanks to y'all because <laughs> we get to support artists, which is you know my favorite. Yes, so, for real. Just just that's thanks. a great music, man. Man, just every thanks. week that's my favorite part when the artists hit us up like, "Yo, yeah, like thank you for just playing my song, man." I'm like, "Thank you for thank making you. it." <laughs> I, I'm, meanwhile, like I'm sitting up here like rolling up, smoking to this shit, making my own music videos you to know, this shit. And they appear like my shit to your creations. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. And you know, in the spirit of happiness <laughs> and all things lifted, I want to just go on and, and just get to my one point of the segment. Then we could talk about the listens lately. Y'all can literally have that. Um, Megan the Stallion dropped the Savage remix. Beyonce came through, delivered. Oh, that's right. We have to clap for that. Cause Beyonce. Killed that, okay. Them, even just, just the, you, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Even just All that. All I know is this was truly the we are the world moment that I needed <laughs> during this this pandemic. I know that this is not like a good time for people to just be bullshitting or you know taking things for granted. And Beyonce always just kind of shows up when the timing is right. Shows just, up when the timing is right. Uh, shout out to Fran. I know you've been watching Avatar. <laughs> oh my God. Beyonce to Avatar. Oh my God. 
the last airbender, she came back. <laughs> she she didn't showed up and, and showed she showed y'all how to do remixes again. I mean, what <laughs> yes. can you say? Our official remix, yes. That's all I wanted to talk about for music. Y'all can have the rest of it. There's more music I need to talk about, but I'll do that next week. I'm just happy that the stallion has linked up with the queen. I remember way back in the day talking about Megan on some bullshit and being like, I wonder if Beyonce listens to her just because they both from Houston. So, mm-hmm. so like, here There's your answer. <laughs> witness all of this. Like, not only does she listen, but she spits on the track. Like, Savage, y'all already knew was a hot track. Like, I feel like, Dustin, you called that was one of your favorites when it first dropped. Mm-hmm. So the fact that mm-hmm. it has... It, the fact that you called it and then it turned into a challenge and then we came back with the remix with the hottest, like, I just love everything that's happening for Megan Thee Stallion and everything that's happening for women in hip hop, period. Because for so long, the conversation was always there's not enough or we're always they're always fighting, yada, yada, yada. Hitting them against having, each other. Yeah. But we just have been having a lot of really great conversations as of late. So I just want to keep that momentum going and just thumbs up everywhere around. Yes, now, with Lord. that said... I'm going to leave the rest of the segment to y'all because that was what brought me the most joy musically. Like, I listened to some things and they were cool. So I'm going to give them a moment next week. But Megan and Beyonce, that's all I got for you this week. So, Fran, I, I don't know if you've been over there, you know, tap, tap, tapping on the window or, you know, jamming. <laughs> what phase, what frequency I'm in. And yeah. um, before we get into the music, I feel so connected to General Iroh off of Avatar. <laughs> If that isn't me, I don't know who is. I just had to say that for those of you who watch and know what the hell I'm talking about. That is me. Wow. <laughs> How he just friend. wants to be in a hot spring. Like, he is just not tripping about anything ever. <laughs> I was and, like, and, I love like, him. Like, you literally are, though. Like, the lotus flower. Like, But then when, so... he, when it's time for him to show up, he shows the fuck up. There. All the way. You know what I mean? And I just felt like I felt so seen. Like it, I've never <laughs> seen a character on television that represented my spirit more than that one. So now on the internet, when they do the like little four squares or what makes you going to put him in one of your squares? I'm going to put him in one of my squares. <laughs> I want General Iroh merch. I want a figurine. I'm yes. going all in. But back to the music. So yes. my favorite, Nick Hakim, who... Ooh. I just, please go watch his tiny desk on NPR if you've never heard of him or experienced him. He is in my top five. Yes, my top Top five. Top five, top five, top five. (laughs) That's how much I love him. He just put out a new single called Kadir, and this is how it goes. Who've seen the changes 
with your future name. Some of us wear masks to hide the pain. And I just wish I could ask. Could you or something now? What is your past in your mother's heart? I mean, come on. Vibes. And it ties into our hot button. He says some of us wear masks to cover up the pain. Our mm. loved ones shrinking in a sunken place. Come on. Mm. Come on. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. When it comes up in the collective and the music, I mean, these are themes that people are working through in this quarantine. So I'm happy we could provide a platform on all different <laughs> <laughs> on all different realms. Cause I, when he dropped that song recently, I was like, oh, oh, gotta include that in the music man segment. So that's my listen lately. Yes. Dustin Ross, what you got for us? Um, it's no secret. Y'all know I've been listening to Drake's new um project, his mixed yes. dark lane demo tapes. Oh the yeah. Whole thing. I'm happy and I've just been totally immersed in that. The only other thing I've been listening to, so I ain't even going to go through all that picking songs and playing shit. Just <coughs> listen to the project. The whole thing. That's it. Only other song that's been getting my attention, um, two songs, Nervous, which is um, a compilation between Cash Doll, I Swear Vezo, and Zaytoven. He produced it. Ooh. It's an amazing Cash Doll verse on there that you guys will love. And then Time by Culture Club. I've been jamming to that over the I past week. I hear that. Like, <laughs> I love that song, like, and I, I, it just makes me feel good. I love that song. I'm a dance for that. I'm a dance for y'all to that song. So <laughs> that's it. I love it. Okay then. Um, I had one last. Th- oh, I was, you know, I always forget my thoughts. I can't believe it came back to me so fast that time. It's never happened. Uh, I talk about her every week, so I'm not gonna make her a staple just yet, unless you want to just want to come on and Sean sing. I don't know, but uh, India Sean, India. talk about it every week. If you don't know who the fuck that is, please go to Google right now. I-N-D-I-A space S-H-A-W-N India Sean. Uh, she has two records out right now. One's with uh, Black. That's six Black, but it's Black. Um, Cali Love. And the other song is... Uh, what's the other song? Something Too Deep. Love. Too Deep. That's the one with Black. That's Excuse the one me. with Black, yeah. Too Deep is the one with Black. Cali Love is the other song. The reason I'm bringing India up this week, because I've already told you about those in previous weeks, is that she is on your TV screen right now. Um, go to YouTube, look at NPR's Tiny Desk, and she's performing with Free Nationals. Ooh, All right. And, and she's so good. Oh, my gosh, she's so India good. India Sean is talented vocalist, but Free Nationals is the shit. Check out check out the video. India opens the song, or she opens the video singing um, Pussy Wet Like an Ocean. And it sounds <laughs> wonderful. It, it, I mean, it just sounds Come wondrous on. and beautiful when she, she's like, pussy wet like an ocean. I mean, definitely <laughs> way more beautiful than that. But she she sounds great, looks great. And also, also, also special shout out to T. Nava on the keys doing the fuck out of that song. Uh, it has Daniel Caesar like originally featured on there. But T. Nava, he's filling in those parts. You know, he's originally part of the Free National anyway. He is just Thank a God. gem. T-N-A-V-A, T. Nava. Just go look him up. He just, 
I love like going to concerts and seeing people's like bands and figuring out if they got like a dope ass bass or like keyboardist or background vocalist. T Nava does it all. So, but especially on the keys with a little background, watching him was such a treat. So go to YouTube, Tiny Desk, type in Free Nationals, look at their latest concert. India Sean's first thing you see there, and Anderson Pack makes a guest appearance. Check it out. That's it for Music Man segment. Now I would like to move on to TV Land, where Dustin Ross, I would love for you to tell us what you've been watching this week. Thanks so much. I've been watching Insecure on HBO, but hey, hey, who hey. am I to talk about it when you can <laughs> listen to Insecurity, your weekly podcast, directly from HBO, uh, presented by Hey Friend Hey and the illustrious Crystals, my <laughs> girls, okay? Thank so that's you where for you that. that. Thank you, thank con- you. That's where you get that insecure conversation. <laughs> the one thing that I do want people to watch, I told you there's been a wealth of new content on YouTube um, during this quarantine, and people are just really finding their groove and coming up with all these new shows. Y'all know us, no secret, I love T.S. Madison. Um, and do you, do you want the smoke? It's a it's a, a weekly talent show series that she created wait what Um, yes she has a series called do you want the smoke (laughs) it's so funny people um video chat in via Streamyard, um and they basically audition for a panel of judges that she's created and the jokes literally write themselves it is the funniest show on the internet every thursday there's i think there's like two or three episodes up on her youtube channel now they're like three or four hours long each on her personal youtube channel on the T.S. Madison YouTube page, <laughs> yes. And it's her, and if you're familiar with her channel, then you know Craig, the writer-steward, who is her showrunner. Hey. Um, and he is like the main mean judge on the show, and Craig is fucking <laughs> hilarious anyway. Um, Madison's mom, Miss Mary, was on there. Uh, it's, it's just Chi-Chi, my little bro Chi-Chi. They all are always there. And it is so fucking funny because these people caught um, these people video chat into the show you just gotta watch it <laughs> and just you just gotta watch it so i just give you all that look that up on youtube and just enjoy it that's it i'm on it i'm down can i can i, can I say something sure dustin when you gonna start watching some uh random ass sci-fi shit if never. i give you <laughs> never <laughs> never I was on live I was on live the other day and I was talking about upload and somebody was asking they were like you should get Dustin to watch this I was like he's Oh yeah they were tweeting I saw a lot of <laughs> tweets telling us did you, to watch that Did you start it? Um no I didn't start it yet cuz I've been on Avatar like, Oh yeah yeah you you that's all the, I'm yeah, watching you, Yeah wait what, what season you on or or what book are you on I'm still on book 1 You still um, on water I'm on water I'm on episode 10 Baby. It's become part of my sauna routine. So I watched (laughs) because the sauna, you can only be in it for 30 minutes. So I just watch Avatar while I'm steaming (laughs) in the sauna. It's like one of my little daily rituals. It's so freaking cool. Yo, you got it. When you get a moment, you should check out Upload. It's really cool watching how they like have these conversations about. um, It's a conversation about death, if you will, and like what could happen after that so that you can get uploaded to your retirement so you're still alive digitally. It's kind of, it's too much to explain, but there's like little funny things in there. Where is it? Netflix? Uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, bet. And it's a 30 minute, uh, 30 minutes uh, episode, so. Oh, it's a series. Yeah, it's like maybe 10 episodes. Okay, bet. I'll add it to to my watch list. Watch list. (laughs) 
<laughs> we don't call it a Q no more, so I can't say que. <laughs> I'll add it to my que. <laughs> so that's it, right. Dustin. There was that's all you've been else? watching. That's it. Nothing. That's else. all you've been watching. That's not all I've been watching. I'm upset. I've been in my nerd roller coaster theme park bag. And I love that so much. Hey, well, I yeah, mean, take, I have, so I've been like in there. And well, I'm take writing us a film there. right now, so I've been doing <laughs> research for that. So I'm just, you know. This is what yeah. makes me happy, which once again ties into the hot button. People just having so many different interests. Like the fact that you yeah. love roller coasters, I find that so love fascinating. Them. Shout out to the community. So many people since I've been <laughs> since I've been uh since I've come out, you know, as a love of roller coasters. <laughs> the community has really supported me and rallied around me as allies and I'm just so grateful. So shout out to my fellow brothers and sisters in the uh community. fight for black people to be seen as amusement and theme park enthusiasts. You guys have really helped me stand strong and stand on my own. I love Thank that you. so much. So if there's nothing else, that means we have finished this week's episode. I really love this episode, guys. This me was too. great. This was a really, I think we tapped, we tapped into some really good energy. Of course, I spoke to my spirit guides and told us to help us have an amazing episode. So, But did I you please your sure. parents while doing so? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys thank you spirit guys thank you listeners as always we love you guys so much thank you so much for listening and we will catch you guys next week stay black and protect your magic bye walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups that's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.